Coming up on the Midco Sports Network podcast, we preview the NCHC pod and the start of the UND hockey season with Grand Forks Herald beat writer Brad Schlossman. You have more of a, a marathon situation, and I, I think coaches have to be careful about overextending their top guys. And, and this is a situation where uh, I think the you know Brad Berry has to be excited that the style of game they want to play is using all four lines and using them quite a bit. And I think that could be something that bodes well for you indeed. Welcome to the Midco Sports Network podcast. Here's your host, Alex Heinert. Yes, here we go. Another edition of the Midco Sports Network podcast coming your way. I'm Alex Heinert recording this on a Friday morning, November the 20th. Right now, we're about a week and a half away from the start of College hockey in the NCHC, the NCHC pod coming your way from Omaha all this December, beginning December 1st, running at least right now through December the 20th. That's subject to change because of some things that have been going on within the league and with COVID protocols, etc. But right now, 40 hockey games in 20 days are set to kick off in just a little over a week. And we couldn't be more excited to be bringing you these games live on Midcoast Sports Network. It's an exciting time. The fact that we're bringing in big name talent like Ben Holden and Dave Starman to be a part of our crew. People like Donnie Barnes and Dave Brisson as well, local Omaha guys that know the league very well. And then myself and Jake Brandt to be down there along with our outstanding Midco SN crew. Uh, we, we could not be more excited that this is going to happen on our airwaves. If you don't live in the Midco SN coverage area, again, you can watch all these games on nchc.tv. We will be feeding the NCHCR broadcast. You can watch from California to New York and everywhere in between. And uh, or, or internationally, we got some fans out in Germany, different places around the world. It's all going to be available on nchc.tv. But uh, again, excited that Midco is going to be a big part of our coverage down at the NCHC pod, which is going to be a tremendous couple of weeks of hockey. To break it all down now, who better to talk to than the guy that's been following UND hockey for almost two decades? Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald had a chance to chat with me earlier this week. Just to go through some of the logistics of the pod, how he thinks the conference race is going to shake out, as well as what's going to make or break this season for North Dakota. And UND coming off a tremendous year last year in 2019-20, number one team in the country, top ranked in pairwise, an 800 winning percentage. They lost one home game all of last year and they return a heck of a lot of scoring and a lot of talent uh, back from that roster and plus both goaltenders. And we're going to talk at length about what Brad thinks are the strengths of this team, what are some areas that they're going to have to overcome to have the same kind of success they had last year. Uh, it's a really fun conversation. It certainly got me excited again for, for college hockey to get going. Not that I wasn't already because we've been, we've been building toward this for a while now, but it's a really fun listen. So we hope you enjoy it. Uh, the next 30 minutes or so, me and Brad just chatting about the NCHC pod and the upcoming UND hockey season. Here now is that conversation with Brad Schlossman. All right, excited to be joined by Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald, getting set for year, we do this every time, year 15, year 16. Brad, how many years have you covered UND Hockey? I think it's 16, but uh, I'm losing count now, too. It's <laughs> it, it, was the, it was the fall of 2005, so uh, if, uh, if someone can add all those up, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a while now. Nearly two decades. You're, you're entering Crazy. your third decade of coverage. Impressive stuff. And Crazy. What a time to be covering this team. Again, to coming off the back of an incredible year last year. Such an odd offseason in so many different respects and lots of uncertainty over when the season would start, what it would look like. We more or less have our heading now for 2020, 2021. Games have obviously already happened. The Big Ten started their season this past weekend. It feels like this season is going to happen. There's a little more confidence right now that we're actually going to get a college hockey season in. Well, I think we have the, the roadmap now. 
Um, before it was kind of a question of uh, how it was going to proceed, and now we know uh, the goal for how it can proceed. Uh, I, I think anyone who's a realist uh, understands there are going to be bumps in the road. There already have been. You look at every other sport that's been playing, um, you have games that are getting wiped out and pushed back. And I think going into a college hockey season, uh, there has to be the realization that that is going to happen in college hockey and already has happened, you know. Yeah. Uh, Army having to uh, push back a couple games. Vermont now isn't going to play until uh, probably after Christmas. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a weird season. Uh, but, you know, it, we, we do have uh, the roadmap in front of us for how uh, things could play out. I think the NCHC wisely uh, built in some... Uh, off weekends where all the teams are off the same weekend so if they need to make up games they can you know you you see what uh, the uh, Hockey East did with some of their uh, flex games at the end of their schedule that could or could not be played so um, it's definitely going to be a a different type of season but um, you know we are getting closer to some games here for the NCHC. Yeah, every conference attacked this a little bit differently. Yeah. And the NCHC chose the only conference of the six in D1 men's hockey to get everybody together in the same place in Omaha. A unique format, 40 games in 20 days, all eight teams going basically two games at minimum a day with the exception of Mondays, triple headers on the weekends. It's going to be like a fire hydrant of hockey, Brad, for people that love the sport and who love this league especially. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a time when we're encouraging people to uh, stay at home as much as possible and uh, uh, avoid public places to try to help us get the virus under control. And there's a chance they'll be able to stay at home and watch a lot of hockey games uh, all day, every day. Um, so uh, that should help people uh, get through those days a little easier, uh, especially those big college hockey fans. So um, yeah, it's going to be something that's never been pulled off in college hockey history, uh, a, a pod like this. Um, so I, I think a lot of us are curious to see how it will go. And uh, if it goes as scheduled, uh, we're going to be in for a treat with a lot of uh, hockey games, a lot of really good hockey teams. And uh, day in and day out, we're going to see some great games. Yeah, three of the top five teams in the country, you know, four teams that are ranked when you include Western <laughs> Michigan. This has been the best conference in the country, really, since its inception. And they've won the four last, you know, last four national championships. That kind of speaks for itself. All those teams coming together. Big credit to Josh Fenton and the NCHC crew for making this, at least lining this up. Now, we just get fingers crossed that everything goes off yeah. without a hitch. But we've, we've seen, I don't know, have you seen the, the manifesto they've put together, the health and safety protocols? It's a, it's a 23-page document trying to make sure that people do the right things so they can get this pod system in they're certainly taking every precaution to make sure it happens a lot of work has gone into this a lot of thought into uh some extremely small details even um to to try to make sure uh they can play this uh pod and that they can do it in a very safe manner i I think a lot of times uh when we hear things from administrators about how safety is our top priority and things like that a lot of us kind of roll our eyes saying yeah right like that that's we know that's not the truth for some of these sporting leagues um however in knowing uh what discussions uh were brought to the table and how they proceeded like they're not kidding like 
they went through great lengths to make sure that safety was the priority. And in, in most situations, I, uh, I, you know, shrug that off, but in this one, like they're for real, like they went through great, great lengths to try to make sure this is going to be as safe as possible for all the participants. The NCHC pod set to begin on December the 1st. UND's game will open up, they'll open up their play on December the 2nd in the afternoon against Miami. We're excited to announce, and we did so last week, that all these games are going to be on Midco. So if you're in the Midco SN viewership area, guess what? You can just sit at home on the couch, Brad, as you mentioned, and be able to take all these games in. So we're really excited to bring those games to you, including, hey, Ben Holden and Dave Starman are going to be a part of the coverage, along with myself and Jake Brandt and Donnie Barnes and Dave Brisson. So we got a great team lined up to bring you these games. It's going to be a ton of fun. You're going to be there as well. We're going to be a little socially distanced, but it's going to kind of be like old times, just randomly in Omaha for three weeks. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> It's kind of funny. Uh, that's where this last season ended. That was where they played their last games last year in Omaha at Baxter Arena. Then there's a shutdown. Now we're going to Omaha for three weeks to see games. Uh, when the pod ends, their first games after the pod, back in Omaha. So like <laughs> we are going to be spending a lot of time in Omaha. But I, I think everyone who's going there is you know pretty excited about it. It's a it's a great town and. Um, you know, I, I think uh, it's just going to be exciting to have games. And, you know, like you said, uh, Midco viewers, uh, you know, should have a lot of fun watching these games, especially with, uh, you know, you and Jake and Ben and Dave and, uh, you know, Donnie Barnes. You, you have a lot of guys who uh, are going to be calling the games who are very, very familiar with college hockey. And um, I have a feeling fans are going to be really excited about that. Yeah, we think so, too. We hope they are. And if you're not in the Midco SN viewership area, all these games will be on nchd.tv as well. So everybody across the country covered in one form or another. Let's take a look at UND and the perspective for the pod itself and for this season. This is a North Dakota team coming off a historic, you can say that, a historic season last year for them. Another Penrose title, their third in the NCHC era, their first since 2016. They were number one in the pairwise for much of the season, number one in the country as well. You know, that comes after a year where they were basically 500. Yeah. What do you see was the biggest reason why they made that leap last year? And can they sustain that now this season? Well, I think, uh, you know, every year we, we go into the season and we, we say the same thing. You, <laughs> you need just a little bit more from some guys. Yeah. They didn't. The, the way they played that previous year, they weren't bad. Uh, you could see they were on the verge. They dominated so many games and just could not score. And so you knew that they're not far away. They just get a little bit more and they're going to be pretty good. Well, they happen to get a lot more from a lot of different guys. <laughs> Usually you hope for like jumps from maybe two or three guys. They had like seven or eight guys that made significant leaps. And so when they were already on the verge and you have, you know, I think they added from everywhere. Their, their returning players all were a lot better. Um, they brought in a grad transfer for the first time ever who was very good for them. They brought in, uh, you know, the league's rookie of the year as a freshman class. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so it, it, they kind of um, improved their roster from e everywhere you can possibly improve it from. Um, and, and now going in this year, uh, you know, I think the, the question is, you know, they, they do have a lot of guys coming back. Like, you know, I think you look at that and you say, well, of course, they're going to roll this year. They have all these guys coming back. But sometimes in college hockey, you can't overlook how important some of these role guys are. You can't. I mean, you know what? What uh, Colton Pullman and Cole Smith and 
you know, Andrew Pesky, a lot, a lot, you know, even some of these role players, you know, that didn't get a lot of points and Dixon Bowen, these, these, yeah. these guys were really key players on their team. And uh, so, so they do have some questions. They did lose half their decor. So, um, you know, the, there, there is reason to be optimistic. They have a lot of really key, a lot of great players back on their roster, but there are some questions that need to be answered. Yeah, this was a group last season. You talk about doing a little bit more. Again, they scored nearly a goal and a half more per game from right around two and a half goals in 2018-19, all the way up to nearly four a game last year. They allowed half a goal less, and then their special teams was incredible. Power play was up 7%. PK was up 8%. They were in the high 80s in, in penalty kill last season. But yeah, it, it is. A lot of the guys that did those roles now, the Cole Smiths and the Colton Pullmans and the Weston Mashads on the power play and Dixon Bowen, who was a great killer, those guys have now moved on. And so now it becomes that great question of who fills those roles. And we're going to get a chance to, fi- to sort of figure this out in a hurry with all those games, 10 games and 19 days for them. But that, that is sort of the, the double edge of this. So many guys are back. It's exciting <clears throat> to see that group back. But it also would be silly probably just to sort of pencil them in as a team that wins 80% of their games this year. Yeah. And, and yeah, cause most teams, that's very rare in college hockey to do that. Uh, the, the other thing that I'm really curious about too, to see how this team reacts from last year. Uh, mm. I, I thought they went into last season. Um, they were ornery. Uh, you know, I, I think they were not happy with how the year ended the year before. I think they came back to prove that what you saw the year before uh, was uh, an, an anomaly and that that wasn't here that they're a really good team and uh, I think along the way uh, you know they they showed that and I, I think they um, one of the things I think they learned from that year that 18 19 season is they played really hard every game uh, and they played from start to finish really hard and they had to. That was their only chance to win. They didn't have much margin for error. And now when they added a little bit more skill, they still played that way. And, you know, and I think that's why you saw some of those eight to one games because yeah. they they didn't let their foot off the gas. They don't know. They didn't know how to. That's the way they played the year before. <laughs> and they just they didn't know how to do that. Um, and now they come into a year where they're going to have a lot of publicity and a lot of hype. And uh, do, do they remember how hard it was? to win games do, do they still have that edge to them knowing that they have to grind it out 60 minutes every night or are they going to come in and think uh you know we're number one we rolled last season we only lost four or five games um all these guys are back you know I, i'm curious you know or do they come in and say we're ornery because of how last season ended you know i i, I think the attitude they come in with is uh, i'm i'm fascinated to see from the socially distant conversations that I've had with the guys in the build up to this season, it feels like it is the latter that these guys have said all the right things about. We want to prove now that last year we're going to just carry that over like everything that got taken away from us last year. We want to finish this year. And they've talked so much about that unfinished business. But again, it's one thing to say it. And and when you look at the guys, you can tell that they mean this, but it's also difficult then to go out and then do that night after night. And, And it, Remains to be seen. You you would sir think, man, I mean, this yeah. as much as they've got coming back. But you could say the same thing about that Denver team from a couple of years ago, 2017, when they won a national title. Everybody's back. Borgstrom's back. Terry's back. Dylan Gambrell. They looked like they were going to be invincible that year. 
And they yep. didn't, I think, did they lose, I believe, in the first round of the regionals or did they make it to the Elite Eight? Like, they, they didn't even make the Frozen Four that year. Yeah, they, they, they didn't win the league title. Yeah. Um, they, they, you know, so yeah, and, and that was a perfect example of a team that lost some of those role players who I think we thought, oh, whatever they're with But they were, they were important players on that team. Um, I, I think a good sign for this team, what were our little things like, uh, you know, Jordan Kawaguchi was a Hobie Hattrick finalist. He was one of the top three players in the country. And what did he do this off season? He went and hung out with Cole Smith all, yeah. all off season. That tells me yeah. he is putting the gas pedal to the floor and saying, um, I need to get better. I want to get better. I'm going to go work out with the guy who's the best workout guy uh, on the team. Yeah. And, three time, and, three time and Iron Man guy, champ, Cole Smith. The best guy who was uh, Colton Pullman. Yeah. Those guys got together. Uh, you know, you had uh, guys like Gavin Hain join them. And, and that tells me that these guys, uh, a guy like Jordan Kawaguchi is pushing to be better and that's a good sign yeah kawaguchi coming back of course just to finish up this thought about the guys returning when you look at all that talent again 75 percent of their scorings back from last year that number could have been much lower and probably in a normal year because so many of these guys shane pinso Mm -hmm. colin adams perhaps takes advantage of an opportunity to go early a a number that matt kier said was a highly sought after free agent a number Mm -hmm. of guys could have left the fact that it is just eight players they have to replace that's a, that's a night and day difference from maybe potentially the 12 or 13 or 14 maybe they might have had to replace in a normal year. That That is definitely critical. Um, getting all those guys back, you have so many pieces back. And um, one thing that stood out to me uh, watching this summer, them you know play their summer hockey, uh, and I think this could play out this year, is that they just have so many different guys who can beat you on any given night. Um, you know, you know, maybe it's Jordan Kawaguchi who goes off one game. Uh, you know, sometimes Colin Adams is clearly the best player on the ice. Uh, sometimes it's Shane Pinto. You know, then you have Jasper Weatherby, George, uh, Judd Caulfield. Um, you know, j- just on any given night, one of those guys can get hot and they can be an elite player. And I, I think that's um, the fact that you got all these guys to come back. Uh, gives you so many different options where, hey, if two guys are not are just fighting it one night, there are so many other guys who can still beat you. And it, it felt like the year that they struggled to score, that wasn't the case. It, you know, you, you, if, if a couple guys didn't score, you know, you, you, it's trouble. And, and I think that's what happened a little bit with that Denver team in 17-18. If the Borgstrom, uh, you know, Gambrell and, you know, were, it was Terry back too. Or all Terry was, yeah, back. all three of those guys uh, were. You yep. know, if, if, if those guys didn't score on any particular night, uh, Denver was probably going to lose. Um, and, and I feel like this year, if you hold Jordan Kawaguchi off the score sheet, uh, there are so many guys who can still beat you. So I think that's what's tough about playing North Dakota. Yeah, it's a team that returns a lot of talent. Um, they got 100 of their goaltending from last season. Everybody's back with Peter Tomey and Adam Shield, which is a huge deal. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the importance of that in a little bit because I know you got a thought on that. But they also bring in six really talented newcomers too. You're talking the fifth overall pick in the NHL draft, Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin, who's a second rounder, Cooper Moore, who was a fifth rounder the year before, the USHL Player of the Year, and Reese Gaber, and then Griffin Ness, and then sophomore transfer Brandon Booty. There, there's some high impact guys that are joining this program. And we expect these guys based on what we saw this summer to really hit the ground running. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, what's interesting is uh, one of the strategies that they went with in recruiting is not just their really top first-round picks, but a few older guys that could step in and contribute right away. And I think that's what you're going to see with Reese Gaber and Griffin Ness. Um, they're older guys. They've been around. They've had a lot of success in junior. Um, I, I think the fact that Gaber went back last year and had a really good year is going to be crucial for him to step in right away and be ready. Uh, Griffin Ness is uh, trying to think of a way to explain him, but he's a guy who <laughs> he doesn't blow by anyone with his speed. Hmm. When he shoots, he you don't say, wow, that's a really rocket of a shot. He doesn't do anything super high-end skill-wise, but he just he gets it done constantly. He's, you know, he it's um, maybe a little Mark Sendon-ish where he's just constantly, when he gets a chance, he scores. He does, he, he, the, the amount of goals he has when he gets good looks is higher than most people. And so I think he's going to be a, a good player. And like you said, you got the, the big name is Jake Sanderson. Uh, he was ready to play college hockey last year. Uh, so he's more than ready. You know, we'll see how the other guys like Tyler Clevin and Cooper Moore adjust to, to the college level. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, Josh Rieger as a senior now push some of these younger, highly touted guys uh, for playing time. Because I think we see uh, these guys' credentials and sometimes those seniors have a way of uh, rising up, as we saw with Andrew Pesky, who was a fantastic player last year. And I'm curious to see what Josh Rieger can do as a senior and push his uh, push for playing time. Yeah, Reggie was a guy we thought maybe was going to play more forward this year, but given how he some could off- still. he could yep. still certainly could could be playing that Cole Smith role. Maybe you never know. That's what's going to be so much fun about this. There are right. some even even though there's so much in place, like we know more than likely Kawaguchi, Mismatch, Adams are going to be lined up. There's your top line. Yeah. After that, I mean, we know the center combinations with Pinto and Weatherby and Sendon. Those are pretty much locked in. Everything else, though, is is kind of up in the air a little bit in terms yeah. of what combinations Bradbury wants to use. And then same thing on D. You'd expect Jacob Bernard-Docker and Matt Kirsted probably to be paired up, but maybe not. You don't know how it's all going to kind of shake out. And that we're going to find out, I think, probably quite a bit in over the three-week period in Omaha of how this team wants to play because we will get to see everybody. And I'm sure we'll see a lot of different combinations out there with so many games in such a short period of time. Yeah, that's usually the way a lot of the times at the start of the season there, you know, you're mixing and matching line combinations, trying to find things. And the the, the line charts on game one, uh, by the end of the year, you usually look back at that first game and kind of chuckle like, oh, yeah. man, remember when this guy was with? Oh, I don't even remember that. So uh, a lot of it's feeling out. Um, and even though a lot of these guys are back, there's still going to be some feeling out to do. Uh, one of the interesting things I thought last year was the power play. Uh, they really tried to keep that unit together all year long. They, they thought one of the reasons the power play struggled the year before was they were constantly shifting guys, different roles, and they said, hey, let's stick with it. Let's not make major changes constantly. Uh, and a lot of those guys are back. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how many you know guys they end up leaving together and going with that philosophy this year. Yeah, that was a power play that went at about 14% in 2018-19, 21% last year. Mm-hmm. So... That helps a little bit when you're scoring goals, when you've got the man advantage. One of the big reasons why UND has been picked as the unanimous number one, along with all the returning talent and the forward spots in the decor, again, having Peter Tome and Adam Shield both back after they both had fantastic seasons last year, it's a big deal that UND has two goalies they can rely on, especially this season, right, Brad? 
Yeah, uh, I think that is going to be clutch uh, for NCHC teams. Uh, in, in a normal season, you can play one goaltender the whole year. I mean, we saw Hunter Shepard played basically three entire years with nobody else starting. And when you play two games a week, you can do that. Well, now when you're playing uh, 10 games in 20 or 19 days, uh, you can't run out the same goalie. I, I just don't see anyone doing that. And so you're going to need both guys. And these are league games. And so I think that's just a, a really position of luxury that UND has. Uh, I'm trying to go through the other teams in my head, and I just can't think of another team that has two goalies with this type of experience. And uh, I think that could be a big advantage for UND that they you know, feel comfortable with these two guys. Yeah, certainly some other teams in the league have really good number ones. Magnus yeah. Krona in Denver. You know, Brandon Bussey was really good as a freshman last year at yep. Western. Isaiah Seville down in Omaha, for example. But there's a lot of teams that are figuring out their goaltending situation on the fly. Duluth being one of them, because they haven't had to worry about this <laughs> since the mid, I don't know, since last decade. So it'll be interesting to see how those teams respond as they're just sort of playing kind of a coin flip over the course of these next three weeks or so. When you talk about the pod, and, and that is it. I mean, this is... For UND, 10 games in 19 days. The breakdown of East Division, West Division. So that means UND is going to play two games against East Division rivals, Miami, Western, and St. Cloud. They'll also play, and, and Duluth, excuse me. They'll also play two against DU from the West. And these are just going to come thick and fast. No games Monday, but then you get basically a game every other day, some Saturday, Sunday, back-to-backs. I guess, first impressions of this concept, Brad, how do you think this is going to look when we see the product? What did you think when you heard this idea? Yeah, I, I, I think my, my first impression, one of my first impressions was the goaltender situation. You're going to want two goaltenders. Um, you're going to want to have depth. Uh, I, I think this is a, a time when um, in a weekend, maybe um, certain teams, especially like you think back to that Denver team with the big top line. Uh, you think of Miami last year. They had that really yeah. good top line where their coaches would roll those guys and play just massive minutes. And when you have two games a week, and especially when you get down to Saturday night and know you don't have to play for six more days, maybe you lean on those guys a little bit more. Maybe you keep running those top guys out there time and time again. Now you have more of a, a marathon situation. And I, I think coaches have to be careful about overextending their top guys. And, and this is a situation where uh, I think the, you know, Brad Berry has to be excited that the style of game they want to play is using all four lines and using them quite a bit. And I think that could be something that bodes well for UND is they can really manage their minutes and not, you know, send certain guys out there for way too long and then have them just taxed for the next couple games so um i i think that is something worth watching yeah that is an advantage and, and you would expect that to play out in und's favor as you said when you look at how this plays out and again it's hard to sort of get a get your head around this because we haven't seen any of these teams play yet there's been no exhibition and there won't be it's going to be live bullets on december the 1st and we'll just play it out do you see this going to form where the best teams, the teams we expect to be at the top of the table, North Dakota, Duluth, Denver, St. Cloud, who should be better this year. Do you think those teams will leave the pot and sort of be in those positions? 
Or do you think it's going to be kind of a jumble and everybody's going to get their opportunity and we might see more upsets because of the amount of games in a short period of time? It's a hard question because we have no idea how this is going to go. But do you have a guess or a feel? How do you think this is going to play out? Well, I I would sense that, um, you know, maybe there is a little bit better of chance for upsets, especially the first couple games when everyone's trying to you know feel things out and get used to things and having uh you know a lot of times when you watch that first exhibition game of the year uh guys are still trying to get pond hockey out of their game like a lot of times you see that it's it an exhibition game versus a march game are like night and day the 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 intensity the physicality uh how tough teams are to play against it uh, you know, so, you know, I think some of the top teams, uh, are they going to have some of that summer hockey still in their game and not play the form yet? Maybe. Um, the other factor that I think uh, you have to look at is the world juniors. Um, yeah. We don't know how many guys you and D could be losing for half their games. Uh, we know that Jake Sanderson is virtually a lock. Uh, so they will take Jake Sanderson, but Tyler Clavin and Judd Caulfield also went to their camp. Uh, if you take all three of those guys, you're altering the roster quite a bit. Um, Denver is going to lose Bobby Brink, uh, you know, for half the, the tournament too. So those are a couple little things that could bring teams back to the pack a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I would guess that it's going to kind of go to form. But I think there are reasons to think that there could be upsets. That's just going to make it fun. There is that sense of unpredictability about this. Oh, and yeah. that's, we, that's why you love sports. When you look at the NCHC as a whole, and as you kind of zoom out, you know, they'll get through the pod. That'll serve as the first half of the conference season. Then they go into division play where UND is going to get obviously a very unique schedule where you're playing six games against Omaha on four different weekends. You're going to play six against CC on two three-game series, four against DU. And then postseason will look like it has at least the last couple of years in the NCHC. At least right now, that's the plan. We think. We think. that We think. Who are the biggest challengers for North Dakota this year? We mentioned a couple and some reasons for that. But if UND is going to repeat as Penrose, who's going to really push them to the wire? I think Denver for sure. Um, I, I think Denver is going to be a really good team. Uh, they have a lot of their key pieces back from last year. And they have a good freshman class coming in. Uh, you know, uh, Tuomo Sito on the back end, he's like a, what, top 35 draft pick in 2019. So he's coming mm-hmm. a year older uh, on top of being a top prospect. Um, you know, they have the kid from Alberta coming up. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. His, his... like Carter Savoy. Savoy, yes. Yeah. Um, Savoy's a a really good player. And then I think what everyone is overlooking is they landed two really good grad transfers. Mm. Um, I think Steven Jandrick uh, could lead their team in scoring this year. Uh, I think that that's a name that everyone in the league is going to know by the end of the year. He is is this year's Weston Mashad. He came from Alaska Fairbanks. He's led Fairbanks in both goals and points each of the last two years. He was second in points as a freshman. Uh, Just a really good player. And I think, you know, they're going to be able to put him in big minutes right away. And he's going to be a name everyone knows. So 
Uh, I think that's a pretty complete team. They did lose Ian Mitchell. Uh, they bring in Bo Hansen, a D-man, a senior grad transfer who's been around from St. Lawrence. So uh, I, I think he will help them quite a bit on the back end. Tuomo Sito, I think, is going to be pretty good for them. And then they've got some guys coming back. Uh, you know, Mendel and Demon are guys who have been around and been solid. Uh, Magnus Krona and Goal is really good. So uh, I, I think... I think North Dakota and Denver are, you know, probably the top two teams. And, you know, when you think about them playing six times against each other this year, they're going to beat up on each other a little bit. So <laughs> that may open the door for a couple other teams. And the, the other teams, I think, who are the top challengers would be um, Minnesota Duluth. They've got a loaded forward. They're, they're opposite of the last two years. The last mm. two years, they've had an amazing decor, Hunter Shepard in net, and if they could piece together enough offense from their forwards, they could win. Well, now they have loaded group of forwards. You know, you got Sweeney, the Cates brothers. Um, you've got Kepke, uh, so, you know, Quinn Olson. They've, they've got some really good top couple lines they can put together in really experienced lower lines. Well, now on the back end, we're not sure what they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be very inexperienced. We're not sure what they're going to have in goal. But I still think those high-end forwards are going to uh, score enough to win them some games and cover up some mistakes from their D and goaltenders that they may get early in the year. Um, I, I also thought last year St. Cloud was uh, sneaky tough to play against. Um, they, they didn't have the high-end talent they've had of recent years, but, man, they were a tough out. I, I don't know if any team consistently played UND tougher than St. Cloud. They played him four times, and all four were just battles yeah. against them. And they did not lose very many people. Um, you know, and they lost a couple of the palings, but they still have Hentius back. They've got Bradzinski. Uh, they did lose a Sean, who was a key mm -hmm. player for them, but they've they've got a lot of D back. Hrenik and goal. I uh, I think they could be a, a sneaky tough out again. And I kind of feel the same about Omaha. You know, they're uh, uh, the question is. Oh, can they have the consistency? Omaha's always been a tough out. Uh, you know, they, they have some really good pieces. They're tough to play against. Some of those freshmen last year were pretty good. Yeah. Um, Sullivan and um, Abate and, uh, you know, they have some pieces there. The question is, can they up their consistency a little bit more? And, you know, I, I think those are kind of the lurkers behind uh, UND and, and Denver. Yeah, those are my top five in the preseason poll. We had Western kind of falling off a little bit, and those other five yeah. feeling like they're maybe just a step ahead of, of the Westerns, the CCs, and the Miamis in the league this season. Yeah, my, Miami just, they, they relied so much on that top line last year. Yeah, Gordy, Gordy Green's gone, Crouch Bothman's gone. Yep, Casey Gilling's back, but two-thirds of that group have now moved on. Yeah, Exactly, yep. They, they do bring in some pretty good freshmen. So um, the question for them is uh, how quickly can those freshmen be impactful? Because they they have some good pieces coming in now. Um, if they're better than expected, you know, maybe look out there. Um, Western lost just so much from that team um, that, uh, you know, it's it's not easy to lose that many guys. They, they do have some good pieces back, but they're going to need guys like Josh Passel to have much better years Uh and and produce a lot more um ronnie adderd on on d could be a pretty key player uh they're going to need some of their freshmen to step in and be solid right away too 
Yeah, it, it just goes to show again, even as we're talking these teams that we've picked to finish maybe sixth, seventh, eighth, there's no easy outs in this league. And again, yeah. that's another reason why this pod is going to be so much fun because mm-hmm. every one of these games are going to be competitive and intriguing and interesting. And there are no gimmies. And there, there, have, there have never been in over the history of this league now in year number eight coming up. And that's what makes the pod exciting, getting back to what we're starting uh, talking about, is that uh, every game is good. Uh, you just, uh, there's there's no team or no weekend you go into saying, well, you know, I remember the old WCHA, and sometimes they play some of those Michigan Tech and Alaska Anchorage teams just were not very good. And it'd be like, okay, well, there's going to be a sweep this weekend. And, you know, you go into these and you have an off night and, you know, you're probably going to lose. Whereas in the past, some of those games, you could have an off night and still win. Um, that's not really the case anymore. And I think that's why uh, uh, it's so uh, fun to watch all these games. And when we're packing 40 games into, um, you know, 20 days and you know that none of those games are, you know, going to be foregone conclusions before they start, I think that makes it more even more fun. Yeah, well, we are excited. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. People are going to be watching it and just loving every minute of this. So settle in. What a great way to kick off the holiday season, Brad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, we appreciate your time as always, buddy. Have a great time in Omaha. Stay safe, be healthy. We'll talk to you soon. For sure. Thanks. Big thanks to Brad for taking the time. It's a busy time for him. He's getting team previews figured out, conference previews, Watch the Herald for great coverage coming your way. They obviously always do a big season preview blowout edition. That's on the way in the next week or so. Uh, He does a fantastic job. And he will be in Omaha, of course, covering the team on a day-to-day basis for the three weeks that UND will be down there at Baxter Arena, as will we. Again, cannot wait to get our coverage started. December the 1st, game number one, getting set to drop the puck on that in a little over a week. We hope you tune in and watch as, as much as you can. That's going to do it for us today. Again, big thanks to Brad. Big thanks to our producer, Eric Vaskard, our entire MidCoSN team on the website. I'm Alex Heinert saying thanks for listening. We'll see you from Omaha in the weeks to come. Take care. Thanks for listening to this MidCoSN podcast. To listen to any of our past episodes, visit midcosn.com slash podcast.